Tristan. Hi, Eric. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, you know, just trying to live the dream. Well, at least you're trying. One some <laughs> like to say for others. <laughs> what have you been up to? I a lot. So many of the things. That's good. Yeah. Like, what are so many of the things that you've been up to? Well, we've got, you know, the general work and life and kids. What we're here to talk about today and kids and running and living the dream, so to say. So, <coughs> I have well, a little update, I guess, because last time you were on, we did our hometown, and our hometown's getting dissolved into, we'll drink to that. Right. Uh, it's just, shit's getting so freaking expensive. It's like, oh, it's almost impossible to do anything, self-fund anything anymore, yeah. doing this kind of stuff. I mean, equipment, equipment's gone up 60%, you know, and it's, then they want another, the programming side, they want another thousand bucks for this and a thousand bucks for that and this and that. And like I told my partner, Mike, it's like, we're just going to, instead of doing multiple ones, we'll just tie them into one and people, if people like it, sweet, people don't, fuck them. That's that's one way to approach it. I, I can't say I disagree. So this is, as I said before, this is a we'll drink to that podcast. It's going to be a little bit more friendlier, cleaner than your normal, typical Mike and Kyle podcast. So we'll leave it like that. <laughs> I, I'm excited and disappointed all at the same time, but we'll roll with it. Well, you know, but we had Ratchet Jesus on not too long ago. Right. Know, did you listen to that I one? I was so excited. I actually met ratchet jesus before i knew that that's who it was and i have to say i'm i think i might be a fan yeah well i like i started listening to this music more after we got done doing the recording and like i was for being from gillette i was, I was pretty <laughs> surprised i think it. he sounded like a really decent human so that oh that he's a good dude appeal, so. yeah, he, he's a really good dude I, I really we're gonna have him on again here hopefully next month and really do some more deep dive because he's, he's a huge uh, uh, what's advocate for men's mental health. Oh, nice. And I don't think there's enough of that in this world being talked about. So we're going to have him on and really deep dive and probably get another bottle of whiskey and awesome. pop the top and just see where it goes. <laughs> cool. I'm going to fangirl and leave a T-shirt for an autograph just. I can do that. Awesome. I, we can probably make that happen. <laughs> That's great. His wife came in, or his girlfriend, I guess. She came in on like. Hmm. I don't know if we were on the same page when we were talking about what this is supposed to be, but I think she just came because she was bored. Right. Like I thought, I didn't know. Like I was like, "Oh shit, he's bringing an entourage." I wasn't prepared for this because I we had, like all we had was just seltzers, and normally when we record, you know, we have booze. That's right. the whole point of call. We'll drink to that. And uh, I was like, I told Mike, I was like, we might have to make a trip to the liquor store halfway through this, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just him and I really just drinking and talking, and it was a good conversation. I encourage everybody to go listen to it. Yeah, I do too. It was. It was very um, unexpected. Very. And I'll leave it at that, and maybe that'll entice people to go listen. It was very unexpected. Yeah, he like, and he's a very intelligent human being. Mm -hmm. You know, I, like I'd hate to put that associate him with that that you because you wouldn't expect him to be that well spoken. Right. No, I agree. And you know, even having met him outside on a personal scale, um, you know, he was he was very polite. He was very. Um, attentive yeah you know he's he works in the service industry here in town and he's very attentive and very well spoken and um yeah i just it was again yeah. unexpected i'll so. sign off on anything that dude does uh yeah. he's he's got a fan for life out of us but anyways enough about that 
So we're having you on today to talk about Friends of NRA and our previous conversation from our hometown. Happy girls don't do that. You nailed it. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. Cause I had, like we were talking before we started recording. It's That's a hard one for you. It gets you every time, but you nailed it. Well, you know, I, I am that kind of a person. <laughs> well, good. Yes, that's what we're here for today. I'm excited. I have a wonderful glass of bourbon sitting here. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, let's do this. So let, let's go Let's uh, go back to Happy Girls Don't Do That. And how did that all turn out? You know, we, I believe last time I was here, we spoke about the upcoming gala. Yep. And it was a good time. It was beautiful. The decor was outstanding. Melinda did a phenomenal job. She have a pretty good turnout? We had a turnout. Um, always would like to see more, but um, for what we received and the people that came, I think they had a good time. You have to get closer to your mic. I think that they have... Um, I think we've created a group of people that'll come back next year, which was the whole point was to just kind of get the name out there mm -hmm. and get the event going. We have another one planned for this year, and the theme for that is pretty in pink. Oh. So that's very exciting. So uh, I know we did a sponsorship. Did you guys have a pretty good turnout on that? We did. It was for the whiskey pull. Yeah. And um, they played Tiddlywinks, which, you know, the whole theme was that great Gatsby mm -hmm. 1920s. And so we did Tiddlywinks. And people had a lot of fun. And you would think something as silly as a, a children's game kind of right. wouldn't get a whole lot of attention. But it did. And there was a lot of interaction and a lot of participation. And I think regardless of if you have 10 people there or 50 people there, if people are interacting, it shows that you've done something right. right. So we nailed that. Um, we had Tara Cunyon. She and her dance company came and did a 1920s dance um, class. And so they taught people things like the jitterbug and the Charleston. And so everybody was up and dancing. And so I was really surprised at the participation part of it. They, um, I believe we gave away like $2,500 in free gifts that wow. were donated. And that was on a lottery. So basically you pulled your, you bought your lottery ticket and then you went up to the giant tree and picked whatever gifts you wanted oh, that's cool. underneath it. So everyone who bought a ticket was a winner. And those went from jewelry to uh, Sportsman's Warehouse donated a $200 gift card. Chris over at Mo Tattoos, he donated, um, I believe, an hour or two of tattooing. Oh, wow. We had, oh, gosh, and I, I wish I would have come prepared and brought a list of sponsors, but... Um, yeah, well, you had quite a few. Legacy donated a, a beautiful wine basket. Um, I mean, there was just so many. Stephanie Baca, she donated... Um, like I said, I just, I wish I could remember them all. So I know I'm forgetting somebody, but um, I, like I said, I believe it was about $2,500 worth of donations and wow. everybody walked away a winner and they, it just kind of seemed like it was a good time. Prime Rib did an excellent job catering. We did hors d'oeuvres and finger foods and I think everybody left happy. So that's, that's our goal. Well, I watched that, uh, all the silent videos for the mm -hmm. sponsors and stuff and I was thinking to myself, man, I really screwed that up. <laughs> It I was, was so out of place with everybody else because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was like, she sent me this, this Facebook message, like uh, thirty minute to a thirty or thirty seconds to a minute video, and just silent. I'm like, yeah, but what? 
like, is it supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be serious? Are you guys going to have background music too? You know, like the kind of stuff, you know, like the 1920s when you went to the movies, they had a piano player playing the silent movie. So that's what I was thinking of. So that's why I was so animated or trying to be animated. No, and it was good. You know, we had one of the nurses, they did it too, where they pulled the chairs out from underneath each other and threw papers in the air. And so it was kind of fun to see what people's interpretation of that was and it i think instead of structuring it and making it be sure you do this Mm -hmm. it really brought to life the personalities and the characteristics of each individual sponsor so when you put it together it kind of meshed well it meshed well well next there this year when you guys do it again i'll have a little bit better of an idea what i'm going to do right and it was our first year too so we kind of swung and aimed for the fence and got somewhere in the middle and so we know what we need to do this year to um, be more inclusive in some of those things mm-hmm. and more um, educated in how we present ourselves. Right. So growth is always exciting. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's a nice thing about that kind of stuff is people are pretty lenient on like wasn't what we expected, but we'll stay with it and give it a chance and let it grow and right. everything else. So. Right. And I think that's all you can ask for, especially when you're starting a new program and, you know, it's brand new to the community. We're all kind of learning together. Right. And so as long as everybody is supportive and helps, you know, move forward, then I think within the next few years, we're really going to have something Well, I'll have incredible. the 31st off this year. I made sure to put my name on the board nice. like January 1st. And I believe, hold on, let me, let me uh, pull up a calendar. It will be... Oh my gosh! And here I am wasting your time. I believe it'll be the thirtieth this year. That's that Saturday, so oh, it'll be perfect. December thirtieth. I'll have plenty of overtime or vacation to burn for two days. Nice. I've worked every every New Year's Eve for like the last ten years. I'm over it. Right, <laughs> and you'll have to get a pink suit. That's fine. Nice. I mean, it won't probably won't be a suit suit, but it'll, <laughs> it'll be something somewhere in there. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have you. Be like the Dumb and Dumber. Absolutely. I think this is a great idea. I support this 100%. Harry? Lloyd? <laughs> so you got any other updates? Like uh, you got any more information on about Happy Girls Don't Do That? Yeah, absolutely. We actually have our first chapter started in Wyoming, in Gillette even. Mm-hmm. That was sponsored. And so the girls are getting to work on building that chapter and starting um, their recruitment processes and their volunteer work around the community. and uh, what, what exactly are they doing volunteer-wise? So that's up to the girls. They're in the process of making that book for us to kind of look at where they want to spend their volunteer time. They are going to be up at the Fur Kids Foundation um, Craft Bazaar. I don't know what you want to call it. I believe that's over Mother's Day weekend. They'll be up there selling some bracelets that are um, donations. They're little daisy bracelets that they've sat and made. And all that money kind of goes into their chapter to start building the funds for what they want to do as far as community service goes and what we can put back into the community. Um, So you'll see them a lot when it comes to things like um, social social functions Mm -hmm. anywhere where you see children you'll see them a lot especially with the younger population so like your junior high and your high schools they're going to try to start getting in to do seminars and mentoring and different things with with the youth they're in the recruitment process now so just kind of building that chapter so that we can really get it off the ground and running well so if anybody in the community has girls or boys within you know school ages absolutely get a hold of us and see what we can do to get you 
um, enrolled in that chapter so that these kids can start working towards um, conference, which is coming in August. And Where are they doing the conference at? Here in July. Oh, right at on. At the Tech Center. And so what that'll be is over the course of the next few months, we'll start adding chapters around, you know, surrounding states and then expand from there. And those kids will come all to the conference and they will actually compete much like DECA, um, what, um, National Honor Society, where they kind mm-hmm. of build their points all year and then come and compete at a national level. And so that's what will be the hub for that moving forward every August. Every August? Every August. Wow. And those chapters will just get bigger. And so we'll be able to bring more and more children, kids, I guess I shouldn't just say children, but youth, into the community to start participating in that conference and that national um, process, I guess, that that national competition. And that's where they'll start earning their money for scholarships and mm-hmm. and all of that. So, so are they going to – they trying to make uh, this foundation a self-funded foundation, then is that the goal? That is the goal. The goal is to be global, and we are working on that. I believe we touched base on that last time I yep. was here. We have 13 different countries, you know, getting ready to kick off that are interested in chapters. So we just have to kind of lay the groundwork with the chapter here and really get them fine-tuned and then start passing out that booklet and those tasks and, and the goals throughout the year to these different chapters. And eventually, yes, the goal is to be global, self-sustaining, mm-hmm. and um, really a front-runner when it comes to um, mental awareness and positivity awareness when it comes to the youth in not just our community but globally. Well, that, that's also really important, especially with the uh, current state of our society. Chil- mi- youth mental health is, is so important right now. It is. And um, it's something that's not spoken about. It's really not talked about, which blows my mind, because why wouldn't we want to stop the problem before it grows? Right. Or before it becomes something where you have the makes for addiction available. You know, your 10-year-old, your it doesn't have you know, the means to create some of those addictions. So why don't we stop Get ahead that? of it. Right, get, get ahead, ahead of, of the game. Now. And, you know, that, that that would lead back to, like, solving a lot of the homeless problems, the family abuse problems, you know. It's, and we talked about it before. We don't need to go back super hard, but it just touch up on a few points. But getting to the, to the problem early is, is going to lead to such a better life for everybody. Right. It's going to help society out so much. No, I agree. And I think that it just, it it's such a good preface to yeah. what it can become. And the more awareness we get, the more people that go, hey, this is kind of a really good mm-hmm. idea. That's where that, that seed starts being planted. Right. And where one person says, oh, I see, you, you know, your, your kid's struggling. Hey, I heard about this group and this might be a good idea. And all it takes is that one person to kind of spread the word. And it starts like wildfire, especially when it's something that brings so much positivity and um, wholesomeness, right? You know, it's it's that wholesomeness of you can be good and you can be kind, and you're not less. It's than. okay. It's yeah, okay to it's be okay. good. Okay. And I think, I think we've learned, and now we're teaching our kids so much that you kind of have to have that hard shell, that right. exterior, and we have to start getting through to that. We have to start cracking that and and letting the light come back in. And I know that sounds really cliche, but it's true. You know. When you have these kids who are 12, 13, 14, and they're starting to build that hard exterior, you're looking at 60, 70 years worth of just building and, and, and going dark. Well, also, uh, 
you know, like, like you hear a lot about, well, it runs in my family. Alcoholism runs in my family. I, my dad was abusive. My mom was abusive. My, you know, whatever. And, and everybody always seems like, well, my dad or my mom are like that, so I'm going to be just like that. Right. You know, and, and I'm a victim of that myself. But, you know, our self-inflicted victim. But it doesn't take very much to change that around. You could be the change that stops that that curse. Yeah, and the cycle. You know, that, yeah. that whole cycle is so toxic. And we talked about toxic families last right. time we were here. And if you haven't listened to that one, go back because I felt that was a super good episode. Well, the, all the hometown podcasts will be uploaded. We'll drink to okay. that here in the Perfect. next couple of weeks. Um, but that toxicity within the family, you know, circle. And one outside influence, that's all it takes is one outside influence to show someone it doesn't have to be this way. Right. And where else better does it come from than your peers? They're, talking about this reminds me of a movie called The Night's Tale. You remember that one with the Night's uh, Tale with Heath Ledger? Yeah, I love that movie. You know, he's like they're like always oh, saying, "Well, your stars are this," and he's, mm-hmm. "No, I can change my stars." I can change my stars, and that's Melinda actually uses that phrase all the time, and she'll be so happy that you said that because that's what she says. You know, let's change your stars, right. and it's so true. You know, your course is not set for you, regardless of what you think. You have every option to change your stars, and I think you hit it right. I mean, dead on right there yeah well it just i mean i could talk about this kind of stuff for for days and never get tired of it because i mean there's there's so many different avenues to go down and talk about and and i'm I'm really happy that gillette has a organization like happy girls don't do that because it, it gillette really needs it yeah very much um and hopefully we can express that need and that can be um What's the word I'm looking for? Um, acknowledged. Yeah. Well, but just the suicide rate here in town. I mean, we've had three in the last month. Mm-hmm. It's awful. You know, and it's just had beautiful families, everything going for them, and whatever. Nobody talked to you. Nobody believes. And I get that. As, as a male, not trying to push my masculinity on anything, but as a male, like, it's always, you're always torn down for showing your feelings. You know, in something like happy girls don't do that or yeah that's right that's right (laughs) still that in my head but like it gives it gives gives these adolescents an avenue to be like it is okay to be vulnerable it is okay to have problems and actually feel feel in a safe area to talk about it as a male growing up if you had mental problems when my best friend died i had don't know what to do for you toughen up you know and i've dealt with that my whole life and it's caused a lot of problems and it's, and like my wife will say, you need to go talk to somebody about that. And it always reverts in my mind that if I do that, I'm weak. Right. You know, I, I, I can deal with this myself. Right. No. And, it, and, and it's, caused a lo- it's caused a lot of problems throughout my life with me trying to deal with it. But it, it's just always that, that voice in the back of my head that, well, a lot of other people have gone through a lot of other shit and they never needed help and they turned out just fine. You, you can do this. Right. And. You know, the question to ask is, is did they? Did they, or are they just very good at masking the issue? Right. And so there, there's just so much. I mean, the layers of this campaign are just, right. they're endless. And you could break this down to, and that, that's what I really like about this, is no matter who you are, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what your story is, there is a place for you somewhere within this organization. Right. It doesn't matter if it's mental health. It doesn't matter if it's your family's mental health. It doesn't matter if it's bullying or you're the bully. It, it literally is so inclusive 
that there's a place for everyone. And we don't find a lot of those um, organizations or um, support groups. They're all very specific. Right. And this basically says if you just want to kind of live a life of positivity and kindness and goodness, we're here and we welcome you. See, yes, la- yesterday, yeah, it was last night, uh, sitting around having dinner, and the youngest, he was, I guess they were playing soccer, and but the other kids in a different class kept on telling him how much he sucks at soccer. And he's like, well, I was like, well, why'd they say that? Well, because everybody hates me. I'm like, is it everybody, or are they just trying to get in your head? Right. No, they just hate me. I was like, well, if they hate you, how come you have friends that you talk to all the time and do that? You know, trying to break it down for them. But I, like, like I said, I am the last person <laughs> that you, that you want to come to mental health problems or try to work something out. Because my, my solution has always been, well, prove them wrong. Yeah. And you can't always do that. Right. You know, and that's something I need to work on. But uh, that's just how I was raised is someone tells you you can't do something. The hell with you. I can't too. Yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, like like that, it's just there's there's so much negativity and it comes at you in all directions it comes from what you think about yourself versus what somebody thinks of you what you think somebody thinks of you and it's just never ending it's you know it's it's never ending that negative feeling that you have you know i've been downtown where no one said anything to me no one's looked at me sideways and i've been like oh my god everybody's looking at me right you know and that's that's something i'm projecting on myself and it's just so unfortunate that kids are, you know, I can I can rationalize and recognize it as an adult. But as a child, you know, that's got to be so heavy. Well, and see, like, sitting down and I, I, when, I, when I realized that me trying to talk to him was not in his benefit, like, I, I walked away. And I got to think to myself, you know, back, back when I was a kid, of course, the way I was raised, I was so quick. I was so quick to point out something that they did. Like, I'd like you know, they're going to pull the low-hanging fruit. Well, I'm going to go above you on the low-hanging fruit, and I'm going to hit you right where it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's – I was raised in a welding shop by alcoholics and dudes that just didn't give a shit, you know. And so, I mean, hell, I was eight years old, and some guy told me I needed to order a man vizier because my, my man boobs were bigger than most six-year-olds. Mm. You know, I laughed. I laughed at it because that's the only thing. That's all, that was the way I protected myself is, ha, that's funny, you know, right. and then try to think of something to get him. And you know that's just, that's just who I am, you know. So it, you, like you said, my skin's so thick. So when it comes to issues with my children, I, I, I like I could use the resources. I could use the help, like how to break down my own insecurities, my problems. So that way, when my children come to me and have these problems, I can be like, well, just punch them in the nuts. Yeah, go for it. No, and I mean we've had this conversation with our kids, and I'm I'm the same way. I'm either going to just drive you, I mean, drive it in and make it really, I mean, really set a message about why this is not working for me. Right. Or in the event that you do get the upper hand and you do hurt me, I'll be funnier than you any day. Exactly. You know, and so that's that's an awful coping mechanism. It really is where I'll be hurt, but at least I'm going to be funny. Right. You know, and had, and we talked about this before too, Growing up, had I there have been a program like this, I think that so many healthy coping skills would have been given. And personally, I think that that would have made me be much kinder to myself, 
Um, I would have expected more from the people I surrounded myself with rather than, oh, (laughs) yeah, okay, whatever. You know, I I think that it, it puts you in a really good place to stand up and say, you know what? I can make light of this. I can be funny. I can be this. I can be nastier mm-hmm. or maybe I can just walk away and th- but, what, but that's see, so but much see, more powerful but see but the way you and because you and I are about the same age right walking away from a situation was never an option when we were growing up that's true it was either fight get the shit kicked out of you or you're going to deal with a ridicule from walking away from the situation yep that is true and I think you, maybe you see it differently as an adult but reflecting back to being Young, I think. I mean, I think you're right. It, there wasn't a whole lot of option, and I don't think well there your was a lot or, of your fight or flight was right? not what what flight was never an option. It, your flight or fight or flight, you know, you're going to be a rabbit or you're going to be a wolf. Yeah, and you're always programmed to be that wolf, to sit there and stand your ground and fight and fight until you have made them so wore out that they they're they're done. Right. And wouldn't it be nice if maybe we could all just meet somewhere in the middle? And I think that's the base of this program is what if you didn't have to choose? Right. You know, what if, and that's, you know, that's kind of where the One Hero campaign comes in. We we touched on that briefly last time. And what that is, is it takes one person to stand up. And you quoted somebody, and I don't remember who it was, but um, it takes one person to stand up and say, you know, no, we're, uh, not, uh, we're not doing this. Dan Halloway. Dan Halloway, that right. He, uh, he's, he's a veteran. He was in the 87th Airborne, I believe. I'm probably wrong, but uh, he, he's a veteran, and he has a podcast called Drinking Bros, and he does another one called Citizen. Anyways, they were talking about uh, bullies. Uh, Ross Patterson had brought up bullies in school and stuff like that. And it, it just hearing how Dan Halloway was raised and his, his family structure and how he became the man he is today, I mean, due to a lot of – he's even said it's due to a lot of the military, you know, but there's also – he he's so self-aware of his own feelings and the surroundings and stuff that he can make a very good judgment on how to de-escalate a situation. Anyways, so he said that it, it takes, you see somebody bullying somebody, it takes you to go up and say, hey, we're not going to do that. Leave the kid alone. But now that I got your attention, what's going on? How can I help you to get you out of this cycle? How, how can, what can we do to get you involved where you're, you feel okay, where you feel right? where you don't feel the need to belittle somebody or be a dick to somebody. And, it, and un- unfortunately, that's not broadcast in our society. It's in our music to be the jackass. It's in our videos. It, it's in the movies. It's in TV. It's in the games. And it, it's all that stuff has a huge influence on who we are as a society. And for organizations such as this coming out and saying, hold up. We understand that you're the bully, but we got a safe spot. For, we got Let's not say a safe spot. We have a space for a you community. over here. We have a community for you. And now you, now you belong. belong to something. Mm-hmm. Now you're held accountable to something. Yeah, life at home might suck, but here during this point, we're going to help you out. We're going to mm-hmm. give you the resources you need. We're going to give you the friends you need. We're going to give you, put you within a circle of people that you c- that you know they have your back. That you know at the end of the day, if something bad's going on. You're having a bad day at school. You need somebody to talk to. You have that. Right, and. Statistics show hurt people hurt. That's exactly if you go to anybody who is mean across the board, I don't care if they're four, I don't care if they're 45, somewhere that person is hurting. 
because otherwise you you don't you don't give that away because it's not in you you know you don't give away something that you don't know what it is so when you're hurting you project that and you give that to someone else and that's what this one hero campaign is and i am going to challenge your listeners you ready Mm -hmm. i'm going to challenge your listeners that if you have one hero if you've had one hero that person who stood up for you that person who maybe stepped in for you or made you feel like you belonged or that you were important, um, I'm challenging you to hashtag one hero. And that's going to start kicking off this campaign. And what we want to see is we want to hear those stories. And eventually what we're going to do is where you tag your hero, Happy Girls is going to read through them. We're going to go through every single one of them. And there might be some giveaways. So inspirational stories of your one hero, hashtag one hero. And let us kind of know those stories so that we can get cracking on our end because we want to recognize and acknowledge those people who made a difference. Um, my hero, as cliche as it sounds, is my dad. I was, ba- I was about to say, I'm going to ask you, your, who is your one hero and move on to the next? It's my dad. That's fair. It is. And not just because like dads are great, because I think dads are probably one of the greatest things ever invented. But I remember coming home and I was about, I don't know, 14, 15, when the whole world is falling apart. You know, when you're just not, you don't belong anywhere. Right. And there was turmoil at home because I was an asshole. That's just plain and simple because I was 14. Yeah, I was a 14-year-old asshole. And that made me feel maybe I was not quite as loved as I should be or I had been, Mm -hmm. you know. And then you were getting it at school and you were getting it from yourself and you were getting it from the hormones in your body. And it was just like this train wreck of disaster. And I remember I came home from school and I had been bullied so bad at school. Like, I was just done. I was so done. And I remember, I'm not super emotional, but I remember, like, crying and just, I was so broken. And my dad took me out of school the next day. And we went to Sheridan or Casper. I don't even remember where. And we literally just spent the whole day window shopping. And all it took was that one moment to be reminded of how calm and peaceful and collected and loved that my life could be and it really just reset everything and my my parents spent the whole day just being kind and generous and and that's not even like generous by buying things Mm -hmm. it was generous with the time and the love and the the care that they put in yeah and I just remember going back to school the next day with a whole new lease on my perspective of what mattered and it was something that's that small. And I just remember my dad, he said something that I'll never forget is, you don't have to go home with these people. Right. And then, you know, that kind of brought up the conversation of come home, your safe space, your safe haven. And I hate the word safe space because it's been so overused. But at the time, you know, your safe space is within these walls with the people that love you. And I just, I felt so important at that moment and so loved and cared for like when you take an infant and you wrap them up and as a parent you know you hold them real close and you just hope that they understand how cared for they are Mm -hmm. that's what I felt as a young adult and I was like you know it doesn't it doesn't matter because I'm really loved so my hero is my dad that's a good one yeah always I I really don't know who my hero would even be no no oh you're gonna have to think about it you're gonna have to be our first hashtag well, I mean, I don't know. That, that's a, that's a tough one for me because there's really, 
It's always been a dog-eat-dog world in my life. And maybe it's somebody who just showed you different. Maybe it's somebody who just showed you that you didn't have to be And then that would be my wife. There you go. Hashtag one hero. (laughs) My my one hero is my wife, Sarah, because she's kind of great. Kind of sometimes. When sometimes. She wants to be. She's kind of mouthy, but for the most part, well, she's I think she great. gets that from me. Because when we first met, she was like, she was uh, a very hermit. Yeah. And didn't really speak her mind. And throughout, let's see, what is this? Seven years of being together. Like, I, I really kind of just, whatever you say, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, and I don't agree or if I agree, I always have your back. Right. No matter what. And if I, I will never publicly be against you. But when we're in the privacy of our own home, I'm going to sit down and say that I don't agree with what you said or these thoughts or these feelings that you have. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I, I never, ever want to be littler. Right. And look how healthy that is. And it's a perfect example. Look at what one person can do as far as teaching you to be thoughtful and generous and kind Mm-hmm. And it takes that one person. And if Sarah's the person that came in and said, hey, we don't have to just have our walls up all the time, that's your one hero. Right. Well, she, she's definitely changed my life for the better in so many different ways that, than I can ever. I don't have enough time to talk about. But <laughs> That's good, though. You're supposed to feel that way. Well, you know, when you, well, when you go from a shitty relationship to something that you feel like you have something to build on, you have a foundation, and someone that you feel like has your back all the time and wants nothing but the best for you. It really makes it easy. Oh, I I know. I married a saint. So right. Well, I don't know if I call him a saint. <laughs> He's a good dude. He well, is joking. a good dude. He's and that's kind of the same the same way is the amount of support that I didn't know was possible from a partner. You know, we find that in each other, and it's the yeah. balances. And maybe he'd sit here and say, "My hero is my wife," but I don't. No, he'd say me. Woody? I doubt it. Kyle's my hero. <laughs> okay, let's make that story. Why are you his hero, Kyle? Well, you see, back in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the Friends of NRA. That's Ooh. another group that you're a part of. I don't know how you keep, keep everything straight. I'd be. I drink a lot of bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> no, I'm really excited about this. This is actually a new venture for me. Um, not that the other one isn't, but this is a newer. It's the newest. Mm-hmm. Well, completely different. Yeah, completely Y'all different. Still working with kids. Um, yeah. Well, kids. So maybe there's out. a pattern. Maybe, yeah. Gosh darn it, have to point out a pattern. I thought I was being really unique, but yes, there is lots of kids. Um, I took on the chairman position for the Gillette Friends of NRA in March of last year. March, somewhere in there, April, May, mm-hmm. May of last year. Doesn't matter. But um, yeah. It's a lot. So what is the difference between being a member of the NRA and doing the Friends of NRA? Okay, so that's a really good question. We get that a lot. The difference is, is the money that you put into the Friends of NRA stays local. And that's, I mean, there's several differences, but for the most part, that's the biggest one. When you sign up for our events, when you buy raffle tickets, when you come to our banquet or um, our gun run that we have started we did one last year but when you come you should should probably not say gun run the the feds might be listening when we come to the non-g-u-n run (laughs) does that count uh gun raffle can can the feds spell i doubt it i mean they are the alphabet soup asterisk u-n run (laughs) there 
There you go. Okay. So, um, well, actually, if you say gun run, they might get excited and be like, ooh, this is po- possibly for us to make some money. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's so many, there's so many rules. I can't keep them straight. We're going to go with asterisk UN run okay. just because I, I've never got to say that before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Works. So, when you come to those events, when you buy raffle tickets, when you support our cause, make donations, any of those kind of things, you're actually putting that money back into Wyoming youth discipline sports like FFA, 4 H. Um, in January, we just gave away $64,000 worth Holy of funds, cow. right? Um, $64,000 went back into the youth discipline sports in Wyoming. And we sponsored everything. I shouldn't say sponsored, but we gave grants for everything from guns to ammunition to um, we did slings for certain programs where they had disabled children that may need those kind of assistance, um, you know, holding their firearms. Um, gosh, we did range time I mean, just the list of what we had come in that was asked for really blows your mind and mm-hmm. where it came from. For instance, we have a program here in Wyoming, and I don't want to say the state because I, or I'm sorry, the town because I know I'm going to get it wrong, but there is a town in Wyoming that um, asked for money for a brand new organization that they're sponsoring. And what they do is they take uh, disabled children and terminally ill children and take them to the shooting competitions or guided hunts or things like that because some of those kids, this is a bucket list Mm -hmm. for them. And so we provided uh, guns, slings. We did money for range time because anything that they do, they won't pay for club dues or entry fees. Um, so yeah, just the good, you know, I, my, my daughter's involved in 4-H and we went out, she does archery and we went out to the range and they had a whole bucket of safety glasses that said friends of NRA on them. And I'm like, Hey, that's cool. I, I did that, you know? And so it's just kind of cool what this program does and what the volunteers do. There are several chapters around Wyoming and basically we throw events, you know, for the year. And at the end of the year, we take some of that money and and throw it right back into the youth of Wyoming, which I like. I like seeing where it goes and especially being able to walk into the range and see bows or Mm -hmm. um, airsoft pistols, you know, at the shooting range that came right from from this this work. Well, uh, (coughs) hunter safety is very important. I mean, you have all these people that are anti-Second Amendment. I know you told me you didn't really want to get into it, but I just got a few things to touch (laughs) on. Uh, But you see all these people that are anti-Second Amendment, guns don't belong in anybody's hands, blah, 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 blah. We can go on about it days. But the first step that these people need to understand is when you go through hunter safety, that is your introduction. And once you go through hunter safety, you need to get with somebody that's trained, military member, somebody that's been doing this forever, competition shooters, and get with them and pick their brain and really understand what it means to go that our youth is having a, a chance to experience these things. Because you'll like people from back east will never know the joy and happiness that we have here. Right. And you know, that's that's so much of what these programs do. Because we're and I, I use this and maybe it sounds cliche, but I always use the the saying of we're not putting firearms in the hands of children, we're putting education exactly in the hands of children. And there's a very big difference when it comes to how a firearm or a bow is handled when it has education backed with well, it. Well, maybe that's what I should have said is that the people that are like that need it need to be educated to understand why it's such a protected right. Absolutely. And I think if anybody has any questions about 
what these programs do or how they teach kids, if you're on the fence about, oh, I don't really know if kids should be learning this, I encourage you to get with your local FFA office. Um, the gal here, her name is Treasure. She's amazing. And ask if you can come and visit one of the practices and stand there and watch the safety precautions that they use with these kids. Um, every one of them has to have on a pair of safety glasses. Every one of them has to have no firearm in their hand when targets are hung. You know, and they go well, through trigger, trigger, uh, uh, trigger discipline, trigger, trigger discipline. Yep. That's another huge one. You do, like, you know, you see all these people that are like, I'm going to take these protests, for example. But you see all these people walking around with their finger on the right. fucking trigger right. and they're we're, we're second amendment. No, dude, you're just an asshole that's out there for right. your 15 minutes of fame. No, get the fuck I get out of it. Here. I get it. And that's like um, when the Wyoming Cowboys posted when they won last year and they posted that ad, I believe it was Caleb Driscoll that was in the forefront of that picture. Um, maybe he wasn't the one holding the firearm, but everybody on there from Wyoming was like excellent trigger discipline. And it was funny to me because how many people didn't recognize that? Exactly. How many people just saw a football team with a gun in their hand and went, oh my God, well, really? But, but see, that, that's the whole point. Like when, at, so when I was, was it 13 that you get, you can go through hunter safety? Mm -hmm. So when I was 13, that was the very first thing my instructor talked about was trigger discipline. And when the gun's in your hands, you are responsible. 110%. Yep. You're not Alec Baldwin. You can just point and shoot <laughs> wherever you want. You are 110% responsible for where that gun's pointed and what comes out of that gun. Right. And you would be surprised. We did the gun show here recently. And you would be surprised at how many people picked up, because we have some raffle guns we can talk about. Mm -hmm. um, they were sitting on the table for people to handle. And you know, and you would be surprised at how many people picked that up and pointed it directly at me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Hey, dipshit. Hey, dude. And it's unloaded, but <laughs> like it's right? I a mean, bad habit. It's a really bad habit. And then you saw the parents who would come by. And, you know, the kids could pick them up. We've got a couple ARs on the table, which really brings some attention. And you could see the parents that were like, don't point that at somebody. Point it up, you know. Right. And so just seeing, especially with the fact that we work with youth so closely, seeing the parents that really put that time and effort in, because it is time and it is something that you need to tend to um and like anything with kids, it's repetitive. Mm -hmm. it, the consistency is over and over and over and over and over again until you feel like jumping off a cliff. But it matters, and it matters so much. And when you back that with what you're learning at home versus with what you're learning with instructors, with what you're learning when you go to competitions, you are literally raising a community where these kids are going to become not only disciplined firearm owners, but they're also going to create that down the line. Right. And that's that's so important. It is so important that we're not just saying, hey, come and buy a bunch of guns. We're saying, you know, learn about our program. Let us teach your kids. Let us give you the tools to teach their kids. Right. And just really protect that Second Amendment. And it's about it's so much more than going down and filling out your tag and getting your gun. There's so much more that comes with it. And I I wish that we could just be like on a loudspeaker. Right. And say, pay attention, you know, because we are doing some really great things. Well, before we had our boating accident, we always kept a a self defense weapon next to the bed stand. But we've also trained our kids, you're not allowed in mom and dad's bedroom. Right. That is not your place to go. You have your own little spot. You can come in, walk in the door, and say, "Hey, I need some help." But you coming in, rumbling through our stuff, that's gonna get that's gonna get mm -hmm. you in trouble. Yep. You know, and that's. I don't believe in for home defense. I don't believe in having to have your gun in a safe, 
to where it takes a fingerprint and a DNA sample and a <laughs> sperm sample <laughs> and that sample to just open it up because by that time you're dead. Right. I agree. You know, and so, like I said, prior to the boating accident, it was right there where, I mean, it, Gillette is 89% safe. We're not going to have to ever, ever, ever worry about mm -hmm. it. But that 11% here lately, especially, yeah. it, it's very nice to be able to go. I, I know that I got 12 bullets yeah. to defend my house. Well, and if you, and I shouldn't say all the time, but if you were to run the statistics on accidents within homes that involve firearms, these are not children that are, for the most part, again, not across the board, but these are not children who have been raised in the environment. They're well, children who are curious. Well, yeah, but that's because the parents have never taken the time and said, hey, dismantling safely, right. taking, ta rounding it out, making sure there's no rounds in the chamber, there's no clip in it, everything's safe, break it down, put it back together, right. do your due diligence. None of these parents that own these guns are doing that with their kids. They're just stay out of my room. Mm -hmm. You know, don't look at them. Don't look Th at them. They're they're a secret. Well, they shouldn't be a secret. Exactly. It, you know, it's just like everybody's pounding Bibles in homes. You want to you want to show your kids all the stuff. I mean, I don't even take Bibles, but but you know what I'm saying. Like it's right. it's something that you want your kids to be involved in. It's no different than having a a, a, a firearm in your household. Your kids should be just as familiar with that firearm as you are. Yeah, and I, you know, I have to take a moment to brag here because you've met my kid. She's pretty great, um, and she can field strip a Beretta pistol in a minute and forty seconds blindfolded. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's where it comes from, you know, education. Yep. Yes, we're passing a bottle of bourbon around. <laughs> yeah, excuse me while I pour some more. But, um, yeah, a minute and 40 seconds, and her goal is to be able to do that and put it back together in a minute flat. So does she have uh, aspirations of military? or? Uh, she wants to be a police officer. She wants to be in law enforcement. So that's terrifying with the way that some things are being run, but it gives her a goal, and maybe down the road that goal shifts and changes, but um, we're definitely catering to the discipline. And, like I said, she's involved in 4-H. She does archery, um, rifle, and pistol. We so actually go to a shoot on Saturday. When, when you were a kid, did, did your dad show you, did, when your dad had, did you, I, I'm assuming your dad had guns in the My house or firearms. did have guns. So did he, like, sit down and talk to you about the importance of things? You know, we d this is not a toy. This is not a video we game. We knew very well what would happen to us physically, um, both from the firearm and my father, um, if we were ever caught with our hands on something that didn't belong to us. Um, I also grew up when, you know, there were gun racks in the back of the windows of pickups. And, and you never had a school shooting. And we never had, and the, you know, they were sitting in parking lots all over the place. Weird. And we just, we were so aware of right from wrong, for one. Right. And what didn't belong to us, you know, and so that's part of it is we... We had the fear of God put into us that if I catch you with this, you have a better chance surviving that than you do me. Well, and my, my <laughs> favorite was, I'm going to call the cops on you, my dad. It's a 45-minute out, forty-five minute drive out to the house to get here, <laughs> and it's going to take him another 20 to 30 <laughs> minutes to get inside. So may, Good the, luck. may, the, may your favor be in your chair. May, may the luck be in your favor. Right, and that's just, you know, I think somewhere we've lost that and um, – it's just kind of interesting 
to be in this position Are now. you taking a picture of my decanter and I, crystal glass? I am, because I'm going to social media the hell out of this. Sarah bought that for me. It's beautiful. That was my Christmas present That's three years ago. Nice. I like crystal. I got so my own I. collection. So. so we were in uh, Heaven to Earth, and I kept on telling her, I was like, man, I really want one of these. She's like, what? You, you don't buy anything super fancy. And I'm like, well, maybe I will. Right. You know, buy it for me, and I, I'll show you. But <laughs> so when she bought that for me, I was like, like, that's all I wanted was just the decanter and the crystal glasses. Yeah. And it wasn't that expensive. It was like 200 bucks for it. That's not bad. Two glasses and a decanter. But mm-hmm. I ordered, um, well, I started ordering them from my dad, um, King's Saddlery in mm-hmm. Sheridan. They have a beautiful crystal selection if you've never been. Oh, my oh gosh. Yeah. It's it's amazing. But I ordered him some whiskey glasses with a, the crystal comes from Italy. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous. And then they've got laser engraved bucking horses on them. And I ordered him those. And then for Father's Day, I got him the little shot glasses for good tequila. Mm-hmm. And then I loved him so much, I got myself one whiskey <laughs> glass. <laughs> like, I just got one because I'm the only one in the house that drinks it. So why well, do I you need know, a set? Because I never have company. But, but you know, like, there's, like, I mean, I could drink this stuff out of a regular glass and be just as happy. But there's something that just makes you feel like, you know, I'm doing something right. There's something about lead crystal in your hand that kind of makes you feel like you deserve a good drink. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, I'm back all for to that. Back, back to the NRA. <laughs> back to the NRA. <laughs> and now, folks, back to the show. But, like, ha- ha- your like, kids being, like, I, I've taken Kendall. I bought Kendall a couple shotguns so far because the first one he I bought him, he said it was too heavy for him and blah, blah. I'm a huge shotgun guy. But uh, so I bought him another one, and we went out. I haven't taken him through Hunter Safety yet. He was only 12. But I took him out, and he was sitting there kind of dicking with it, and I'm like, knock it off. I was like, you point that at the wrong person and pull the trigger by accident, you're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. I said, and that's on you. This ain't, this ain't Call of Duty. This isn't Roblox. That person's gone forever. Right. Forever. No coming back. Maybe as a ghost to haunt your ass for being a <laughs> dipshit. But other than that, they're dead forever. Right. I was no. like, you understand that? Yeah, and so he was timid to touch, to touch the gun, and I, I sh- probably should have gone about it a different way, but I am who I am, and so we started shooting it, and you could see the joy, because like he said, we were out shooting trap, and you could see the joy and the, and the excitement in his, in his eyes, like, holy cow, I shot that, I hit that, I hit that, you know. A 20-gauge uh, shotgun still kicks pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, you, and I could tell that he was, like, kind of over getting the shit kicked out of him, so I'm like, oh, let's take a break. Oh, no, Dad, one more, one more round. <laughs> one more set. One more set. You know, we were out there for a couple hours just shooting fidgets. Well, and I think, and maybe it's just the, the community and the environment and the um, culture that we've grown up in, but there's really something that's binding when you go out shooting with your family. Um, you know, not this Christmas, but the, the Christmas prior, we all c- received guns for Christmas. I got a little 22 barkeep revolver. It's adorable. Um, my husband got that for me. I fell in love with it in Sheridan and he got it. And then, um, both of our kids got one and, um, my husband got one and, uh, we just went out and it was like 20 below zero. And here we all stand outside shooting targets and tannerite and it's so cold and like our hands are frozen and the kids you guys are laughing we were having so much fun and that stuff that's memories that's irreplaceable you know and it there's just something that comes with it and i agree you know and i don't know if it's the um 
I don't know if it's our basic human instinct of being competitive. I don't know what, I, I don't have the answer to that. But it really does something when you when you apply that discipline and then you see the results of it. And that's, you know, with target shooting and you get better and better and well, better. Well, that, that's, that's uh, setting the goals in. And, and reaching that goal and it's a visual i mean you have such a visual um it's tangible yeah exactly and it's instant gratification like the second you get an inch closer it's instantly gratifying right and there's just so much that comes from it and i think it it falls along the same lines of karate or jujitsu well, i always say that wrong because, because it, it's you versus you yeah it is, it is a you sport and it's not you versus somebody else what, like going out and shooting trap that is you against you Yes, and, you know, and you can, you c- you can sit there and tear yourself down so much, but the second you start getting better, you're done tearing yourself down. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I knew I had it. I yep. got it. I got this. And then from there on, it's just getting it's just constant improvement. And you're like, when you're able to see that improvement, that tangible improvement, then that goes back to the rest of your life. Well, man, I did so much better about on this. Just a little practice here and there. I'm gonna practice a little harder at soccer. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna practice a little harder at this. You know, and it just gives you that confidence that you don't get a whole lot of anywhere else. Right. And, you know, and there's also that fear that comes with it. Even as someone who's experienced, there's always kind of that fear that, I mean, I get shaky. Mm -hmm. Like anytime there's something new in my hands, I get shaky. And there's something that comes with pulling the trigger on something brand new. You know, you kind of override that fear. And a good example of that is last summer, my husband's family came from Mexico. And my kids got out their little twenty two rifle. He's legal. Don't he, he's legal. Don't, don't throw fit. If anybody's listening, he's he's legal, except for when he makes me mad, and then somebody can question that. But no, I'm kidding. Um, so they came from Mexico, and um, they were so concerned when my kids got their guns. I mean, they asked, "Can we get our guns?" They went into the camper. They got their little twenty twos. They got their shells out. And they went and did a little target practice. And the kids that came from Mexico were so scared. They were, I mean, physically, they were scared. And so there was a big talk of, you know, the cultural difference. Because down there, when somebody has a gun, it means something bad. It means something bad. And they're not used for protection very often. And they're not used... um, for recreation very often. It's it's always in the hands of the wrong people. Right. And so pretty soon they were closer and then they were closer and then they were closer and we were like, you need you know, to step back and just kind of teaching those little discipline mm-hmm. things. And then one of them says, can I try? Absolutely. You know, here's the rules. And by the end of it, they were right in line waiting their turn to put their 10 bullets through. And they were having so much fun. And it just kind of broke that stigma of you have to be terrified when one comes out. And, I mean, that's... But, but do you think, do you think that, terif- that being terrified of one coming out is their, their situation? Because, like, down there, I imagine on the news, there was a hearing mm-hmm. about gang or, or cartel violence. And the, the association, like, it's kind of like uh, you as a kid, you never wanted to eat broccoli, but now... <laughs> association and now as you're an adult you're like oh i hate broccoli i'm never gonna try it it's because that association as a kid you tried it that one time you hated it i think when all you hear is negative all you know is negative right and so to just kind of to give that little bit of positivity to it and the education because anytime you're educated about something it's not nearly as scary i mean that's for anything in your whole damn life if you get educated it's not nearly as scary to take that first step and so it also I think it also, because they're young, and for me, young boys learning was a big thing for me because 
in the culture that they're raised in. Now, in the event that they come across a firearm or they're somewhere and someone brings one out and is handling it poorly, or God forbid they're encouraged you know, to go a different route. Right. Now they've had the education to say, I need to walk away. I need to leave. I need to, you know, whatever so it might be. So tying this all back into happy girls don't do that. This call comes back to having the resources and having the right people in your life to educate you and bring you to where, put you on the path where, like you said, not you, you have the tools in your toolbox to realize that this group of people is going to get me in trouble, mm-hmm. whether it's with guns, drugs, alcohol, you name it. And it goes right back to educating your youth. That's the answer so to I, everything. I'm starting to understand why you're in both of them. Is it, it all <laughs> ties back. It does. It really does. There, There is definitely a, um, a binding force there. But that's – it all comes down – I think that any, any problem that we're facing as a society – I think the youth is the answer. It always will be, you know. Mm-hmm. It always will well, be. Th- this this is going to piss some people off, but so you hear on the news like oh, it's the millennials generations that's fucking everything up, right? I'm a millennial, you're a millennial. Mm-hmm. But if you look back at exactly how us as a generation were raised, and you can tell because, like, was it baby boomers before millennials or Gen X? Um, Gen X. So if you look baby at baby boomers would be like my dad's age. So if you look at Gen X or, or baby boomers, our parents, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at how baby boomers are raised, I feel like this is my personal opinion. This is not educated or scientific, but if you look at how our parents are raised, they have the same mentality as we do with our kids. Well, my parents are so fucking hard on me. I'm not going to do that to my kids. Hmm? Whereas if we would have went to the World War II back then, how they were raising their kids, hard work, determination. You sp- when you speak, you speak the truth. You stay accountable to your action. You stay accountable to what you say you're going to do. You're going to be here at 1130. You're going to be here at 1125. You know, And then uh, as the generations have gone on, pe- people are like, I, I'm just as bad but have looked back and say, man, my dad was hard on me. Yeah. You know, and look how I turned out. I'm a workaholic. All I want to do is fucking work. I don't spend time with my kids. That's, that's more work. Right. You know, and so I'm going to change. I'm going to change the way I live. And we forgot all the core values that our parents were putting into us because we had such a, a distaste for the way they raised us. So now we could jump to our kids' generation. I shouldn't say our kids because our, I think the, Kendall's generation, Drake and Kendall's generation, I think is starting to get the reset of us going back to principles mm-hmm. and honor and discipline and that it's that generation between us and them. You know, I heard here just a couple years ago, and I don't remember where I heard it. It was somewhere on Facebook and someone had commented on Terrence Williams. I don't know if you've ever followed him, but he's hilarious. Is um, he the Terrence Williams? He's the, the black dude that's a Trump. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's he's. He's completely hilarious. He's one of my favorite online presences. Uh, presence? Online presence. But yeah. um, he had posted something, and I don't even remember what it was, but, you know, every now and then something that s- sticks out. Yep. And someone had posted about the generation following us being the teacup generation because they're so fragile. Exactly. That, that's my point I was getting at. No, but, you know, and that's, you know, when you're talking about that gap, 
you know, we're kind of talking about that generational gap where we're kind of resetting our kids. Um, I, that just really stuck with me because it's so true. And that's not to say that there's not quality out there, but there's, there's this, this gap in between probably, I don't know, you may disagree with me, probably about 32 to 20 and maybe even, you know, 17, 18, somewhere in there. But the teacup generation, and it's because everything is so fragile. And I think that's what happened. Right. And I think that's because like my sister, she would be a Gen Xer. Um, everything was so coddled and I'm not saying I'm not pointing that at my sister. I'm just saying that, you know, it was so, um, soft, do your thing, be you, be creative, well, be bold see, see, rather than being accountable. But, but, but the thing is though, so towards the end of our generation to the next times got really soft. Yeah. So soft times make weak men That's and true. hard times make strong men. I mean, you men, women, whatever, what do you want to do? Yeah, it's but, but Bane's there for, for 15, 20 plus years. Well, Clinton until end of Obama was, besides the Iraq war, was soft. Right. Bane's, Bane, Car- we got, Reagan got the shit with, or I shouldn't say Reagan, but the shit that Carter put us in, the high inflation, the super high interest rates started coming down. You know, the economy was going until about 2008. 2008, but most of us didn't weren't in a position to buy a house to begin with. So what what the fuck did we care? But so for the last 20 years, our lives have, the lives have been easy. We but we understand coming from watching our parents struggle, we get that. We get the struggle. We get the hardship. We get the the that we got to put our nose to the grindstone to get things done. And then as we started having kids, or, or that generation between us. The, the next generation, when they started having kids, things were soft. You, oh, you be whoever you want to be. Follow your dreams. You just follow your dreams and you'll always be happy. You'll, ne- you'll always be happy. But like Mike Rowe said, fuck your dreams. Go out, put the work in, and let your dreams come second. I because love if, Mike you don't, Rowe. if you don't put in the work now, your dreams will never, will never come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So you got to put the hard work in now. And that's the thing that most people have lost. You know, the, the putting the hard work in. And then you, you turn, you go to Instagram and you see all these fake people doing all these fake things, but yet they have millions upon millions of followers right? and they've done absolutely nothing with their life. And that's, I, I mean, I, I get it. You know, we talked about it a little last time, but every now and then I fall down the TikTok hole, um, rarely, but sometimes, and it baffles me, like literally blows my mind that somebody walking across a parking lot with their butt hanging out. Gets 10 million views. Yes, it blows my mind. And then you have people like the Happy Girls Organization or like the Friends of NRA, where these are actual people who are going out and beating the pavement every single day and making a change. And it's like pulling teeth to get people to pay attention to you. Well, but it, let's see. But it, it drives me crazy. But see, there, there's there's going to be a huge flip here soon, especially with the the new AI ch- uh, chat GPT coming out. Right now, so like you can go into Chat GPT and say, "Tell me a joke in the voice of, we'll say Jeff Dunham, because everybody knows Jeff Dunham, hmm. and you can put the topic in, and I'll bring it up. So, like you say, give me a joke in. Uh, Tell me a joke about Joe Biden and Jeff and Jeff Dunham's style, and it'll and it'll break down a joke, and you can read that and you can hear Jeff Dunham saying it. 
You That's know? crazy. But now they've sent, but since they got the chat figured out, they're going to pictures. So you can go in there and say, give me a picture of Kyle Hedinger on a horse on <laughs> Bali. Give me a picture of Kyle Hedinger Sucking on a dick. unicorn in a pool. Yeah. Wait, I've seen this picture. Uh, wait, weird, huh? I've seen this I'm, picture. I'm ahead, I'm ahead of the, <laughs> the, cha- the AI. But so uh, I was reading I- in an article that now that, that the AI is getting so sophisticated, all these uh, TikTokers and Instagram models and all these uh, Facebook people, they're going to be called, they're, they're, it's going to be so saturated that there's not going to be a place for them. So mm-hmm. now it'll eliminate all of that. So now people are going to have to go back to what's my worth? Yeah. And what, what do I do? Isn't that crazy? Because you have, and you see a lot of it in, in young women. Um, they got a mental disease is what I believe. I agree. And what happens when you take that away? And does it... Your suicide rate is going to be out the fucking door. Let me circle back here. I love that term, circle back. But um, is it possible that the thirst traps that are being set is because there's something missing? It's absolutely possible. I mean, that's what it is. Well, well, okay. You're trying so to fix well what's broken. Okay, so men... 26 to 37 are not getting married at the same rate as they used to. They don't find the value in marriage like we do or our parents do. Do you think it's it's that they don't find the value in there, it? There is no value be because... Or... Okay, hold on. Okay, this this might piss you off. No. Nope. But we're going to go there. <laughs> I'm ready. So a value of a marriage to a male... I mean, as a male's perspective, because I am, I am a dude, I have a penis, and I haven't gotten it cut off yet. But as a male, the value of a marriage is, is she pure? Okay, I'm not saying Sarah had, had, a, had a kid before us. I don't hold that against her. That's, that's not what I'm saying as pure. I'm saying pure as her values. Does she have morals? Does she hold herself to a certain standard that where it's just not any guy can, can fuck her? Okay. And now, in our uh, in this in our society, women having the body count like as dudes, that that that's just kind of like everybody's had a chance, and that should be the same for females when they go to get married. Like this guy's been has been whoring around. Why would I want that in my life? Because that's going to continue on as we are uh, throughout the relationship. He gets tired of me, or I tell him no one night. What's he going to do? He's going to get on Instagram, go and like all these Instagram models' pictures. And he's going to get that, what he feels like he needs through that, rather than saying, okay, I respect you. I understand that tonight's not the night, uh, but I'm going to try to do everything I can, like a peacock flip, flapping his, his, his tail feathers, and show you, hey, be attracted to me. And it goes the same for, for, for women in relationship. The male's not doing exactly what she wants or a guy puts on 30 pounds because that's what happens to us when we get married. We get comfortable and we're no longer going to the gym or taking care of ourselves. He's put on 30 pounds. Look at these tail feathers. Look at this peacock. Ooh, that's what I want. Now you thought I was going to be mad, but I was going the same direction. But am I wrong? No, not at all because I was going there too. Um, You know, is it that they don't value marriage? Or is it no, that because it's too easy to get divorced, right? Or is it that um, the the um, subjects are not as valuable? Well, there, 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 there's no 
bad as there's no benefit to being married anymore. Yeah. You know, that, that's, unless that, you're that's looking for it, unless you're looking for what a marriage okay. offers. Okay. So give me two people that are 23, 24. Uh, well, we can go younger than that because back in our parents' day, they were getting married around 19, 19 20. So give me two, uh, give me a couple that's a 19 and a 20 year old. That, that we're going to sit down and be like, this is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. Right. And I, d- I don't think that they make those anymore because no. I think that that generation. But um, it's also been so, so hammered into their heads that you need to go out and sow your seed. Right. You need to go out and experience everything. Right. Um, and that's that's where I was going is I think that that generation has been spoon fed that whole. And I and I don't I don't want to say that it's wrong. Um, but it is wrong. You know, I don't think that... They morally I think speaking, that's wrong. Morally. Um, I don't think that they've been that hammered and you have to be married, you have to have kids by the time you're 23 or you're an old maid. Go out, do your thing, see the world, you know, and... But but th- for both male and female, go out and do your own thing does not mean go out and fuck everything No, and walking. I'm not saying that. I'm saying but, but that's if you want to travel, if you want but, but to... That's that, but that's their, their mentality. Yeah, unfortunately. You go to Vegas right now. And you go into one of the clubs, or you go just go into a, a regular bar. There is ten dudes, twenty-one to twenty to thirty, and there's ten females from twenty-one to twenty-seven. All ten of dudes have one thing in their mind: how many of these can we bag tonight? Yeah. Can we have our next podcast in Vegas? I have to do some uh, some some financials. With my, with my boss. Can you, can that be a business expense? Well, I still got to LLC I feel, I feel like we should um, do a social experiment and take, we'll drink to that to I, I would take, I would take, we'll drink to that to Starbucks. <laughs> to Starbucks. Have you not been in Starbucks well, at, at 7.30 in the morning? I haven't, but I feel like it's less glamorous than Vegas. Uh, no. No? That is the most entertaining thing I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. So, la- uh, it had been three weeks ago on Friday. I can't, was coming off night shift, and I like to go get Sarah coffee in the morning when I'm coming off night shift. I like So Friday, coming off my last night shift, I go get Sarah her tea from Starbucks. And Sundays, every Sunday that I work nights, I stop at Albertsons and pick her up flowers and a tea. That's been that way. I don't know how long. I mean, there, I've missed a few, but not very many. That's been since I've been working nights or rotating. Sunday morning... Her chai tea, no water, latte. latte. Yep. And I buy her flowers every Sunday that I work. So my Friday, coming off night shifts, I always stop and get her, get her tea, get her tea for her. And I went to Albertsons, and it was there was a line out the door because it was seven thirty. So I went to the main one, and I was like, you know, I haven't been inside of a Starbucks for a while. Let's go check it out. There was twenty five women, ages from seventeen to fifty, sitting there. On their phones, and you can see the panic in their eyes because school's about to start. I need to get to my job. What, what, why is this taking so long? Da, 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 da. I pre-ordered before I came. <laughs> da, 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 da. Why is my coffee not here? And then like you hear a name, you hear Tiffany. Mine, 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 mine. And they go back to their phone because they realize it wasn't theirs. Another coffee come up. Mine, mine. Just like Finding Nemo, the seagulls at on Finding mm-hmm. Nemo, just like that. And then when one to get their tea, they'd be like, ah, 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 look at me. Okay, look hold at me. on. I wish that everyone could see. <laughs> What just happened here? Because it was hilarious. Well, that's just I want you to like. Can you video that and post it to your feed so that everybody can experience? That would be. But amazing. but that, but like 
when the, the gratification when they get their coffee or their, their drink or their $10 fucking deal or whatever it is they ordered, the gratification and just rubbing it in, in <laughs> the other female's face like, ah, I got mine. You suckers are still waiting here. <laughs> oh, but I'm late for work by 10 minutes because I had to get my fucking Starbucks. <laughs> it is the greatest experience oh that I've had. And I've we've gone to Vegas and I've made Sarah sit out on the side of the bar, like, you know, because they had mm -hmm. the bars outside. It's like, we're going to sit here and just drink until we can't drink no more. And we're going to watch people. People watch. My favorite. And like, we'll sit there. And that's that moment in Starbucks was, uh, that was hands down one of the best experiences of my life, nice. people watching. I, now I feel jealous that I didn't experience mine, it. Mine, 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 mine. <laughs> there no. it is again. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just like the seagulls off finding Nemo. I, I'm so jealous. Now I have to add that to my list of things to accomplish in a week. Friday mornings around 7.30, is the greatest people watching in the world there at Starbucks here in Gillette, at least. I feel like now Starbucks should make you a, sp uh, yeah, sponsor. a sponsorship. Yeah, because you, know, you just sent well, how much business to them. But here's even funnier. So I wasn't the only male in there. There was probably five or six of us. And we we're all just sitting there just arms crossed waiting because we know it's going to be forever. You know, right? Well, I'm in no hurry. I got no nothing to do. And this dude sitting there next to me goes, "Been here a while." I said, "Since now." And he chuckled, and he goes, "No, but seriously, how long have you been waiting?" I said, "I don't know, twenty minutes." I said, "But you got all the hags in front of us waiting for their drinks <laughs> too," and we're just sitting there. I don't know, and you know, all the males were just content, just waiting. But it was all those females, mine, 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 and then disappointed. Going back to their phones, and you could see the the anger of as they push the buttons into the you know pushing, messing around on their phone. Mm -hmm. It was just great. It made, it made my day. Okay, bucket list, bucket list. Now I'm gonna have to take Sarah and at like seven thirty in the morning. Well, like I told Sarah, I was like, I want to go in there with a flask because I'll get a coffee. You know, I'll sit there and drink coffee. But I'll put a little Bailey's, you know. So I'm gonna make a shameless plug right now. Oh. Have you tried Territory whiskey? Nope. Oh, I've got some. You need to you need to try it. Um. They will be a sponsor, oh. circling back to the NRA. Um, we are having a banquet April 29th, and they will be having a whiskey tasting at the banquet. Yeah, I tried to get that day off, and I got denied. What? Yeah. So just be sick. Eat bad guacamole it and have the awful shits. It doesn't work that way. It could. Nobody was, wants you I there when you're shitting your brains so out. So two weeks ago, my kidney started failing on me. Right. I, I heard that. So I had to take a couple days off unplanned. So my unplanned days off are um, out the window. Well, things gotta be planned from here on out. Damn you, kidneys! 120 hours of vacation that I have. Well, I have a sample. I'll take it. Okay, I'll drink it. It's a pecan-based whiskey. It's Ooh. a little sweet, more like a liqueur than an actual bourbon or a whiskey. Um, Sounds like barbecue sauce. It's for yes. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think of this. Well, I invite yes. you guys to my barbecues. You guys never show up. We're never home. Well, figure it the fuck I'm out. I'm sorry. Why don't you invite me three weeks in advance? I will. Okay. Because we're going to actually be sitting down uh, second weekend of April fi figuring out all of our barbecues. Well, if you let me know in advance. Well, I'll send you the whole schedule. Send me the whole fucking schedule. I don't think we're putting the pool up this year, though. Damn we're going to be remodeling the backyard. All right. Fine. No pool. Might not buy a hot tub here pretty, pretty soon, though. Uh, I could be swayed. But <laughs> circling back, um, we do have that. And so basically it'll be one of the prizes. Um, 
you'll purchase a, a shot glass, and the shot glass will enter you in a drawing for a prize. And then the Territory Whiskey Company will be handing out free samples. How much are the shot glasses? Um, I think we're going to sell them for 20 bucks. Don't quote me on that. Nobody sue me if you get there and they're 22. But um, I think they're 20 bucks a piece, and then the the prize will be um, significantly more than your, well, your shot glass. I'll give you some cash, and you can yeah. grab, grab me one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, remind me before I leave. I'll get you a sample. But... Um, yeah, it's it's really good. So if you haven't tried Territory Whiskey, anybody out there who likes a little bit of a sweeter drink, I'm going to make a shameless plug for one of our sponsors. No, that's fine. Nice. Plug away. Nice. I love that. Um, well, well, shameless plug, we're drinking 1897 Old Forester bourbon. Neat. That's important. That is very neat. Well, my ice cube melted, so it's... it's, it's well, it's, yeah. I mean, my ice cube melted, too. But um, I think that's an important thing to say that this bourbon is good enough to drink on the rocks. Well... I mean, I've had some experiences, so I know it's kind of good. It is good. I've, I, I've enjoyed it. For being 100 proof, it's not bad. Yeah, I've I really enjoyed it. So don't have that alcohol. No, and it doesn't the have the burn. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have that that crazy cheap whiskey burn. See, if, so if, I when we were that. at the whiskey festival, if it hadn't been such a chaotic chaotic show, I would have went back after I kind of rinsed my palate off and made some cheese and stuff, and went back because we had another prohibition one, and that was like 130 proof. Oh wow. And he's like, come back. He was like, yeah, he told me, he's like, rent, you know, drink some water, eat eat something to kind of cleanse your palate, whatever, and come back and try this 130 proof. And he goes, you're going to fall in love with it. Because I, I told him, I was like, this one is probably the best bourbon I've ever had. But I'm not a bourbon guy, so there's that. Anyways, but it was so packed, we never made it back for the next one. But if I could find it, I'm going to buy it and try it. Yeah, that's – and I think when you come across a really good whiskey or a really good bourbon – I'm a bourbon fan, but um, – there's something really special that happens. Like, well, it's like it's like core memories. Yeah, you know, like this is like we're sitting down having some bourbon, really good bourbon, and talking and bullshit and having a good time, and it's gonna be forever since it's gonna <laughs> be out to the <laughs> stratosphere. But you know, it's that's what I don't get with people. Like, ah, oh, you're drinking's bad. No, there's some good core memories you get with it. No, I you agree. do it right. I no. agree, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed it, so thank you for inviting me. Um, Anything else you want to talk about the NRA, Friends of NRA? Well, we are having our banquet, like I said, April 29th. Mm -hmm. Doors open at 5 o'clock. Is that S the Camplex? It is at the Camplex. We have um, pre-raffle tickets available, so people should really jump on those. How much are the pre-raffle tickets? They are one for 20 or three for 50, which is a heck of a $3 deal $3 considering $3. what you're going to win. Um, and that information is kind of cool. You actually win. You when you enter, you have a chance to win one of two packages. So there's two drawings. And package number one is a Ruger set. We have um, the is that Ruger. From Sheridan? The Ruger is one of, or is it? Uh, Weatherby is over Weatherby, in Sheridan. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have the Ruger SFAR. That's a 308. It comes in black. Um, it's really nice. It's just. It's going to be a fast shooting gun. It is. Super fast. That 308 is a really fun round to play. It with. is. And we, we and have it on hand. It's not bad uh, on bullets either for no, price wise. No, it's really not. Um, and it comes with, I believe. That one comes with a case. Don't quote me again. Don't sue me if that's wrong. But um, it it's a really nice gun, and it's got the extension on the butt of it. So if you happen to be somebody who shares, if you have a his and hers that share, it's a really, really nice firearm to handle. Um, a little heavier in weight. I believe that one comes in at 
seven and three quarter pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit heavier, but it is built on that short frame. So really, really nice firearm. And so that's heavier on the backside than the front. A little bit, yep, yep. And that's paired with the Ruger Mark IV. That's a 22 long rifle um, pistol. So really, really nice. It's really lightweight. Um, it's got the external suppressor um, option. So it comes in silver, I believe, and it's just a really nice, really, really nice firearm. And package number two, we have the Fostech Phantom Elite, and that is a 5.56, and that's in the AR-15. So Another really fast-shooting gun. Yes, and that's the 30th anniversary. It comes in at seven and a quarter pounds, so it feels like you're, I mean, it doesn't feel like you have anything in your hands. It's, it's one of my biggest selling points when we go to the gun show is just pick that thing up. And people pick it up and they're like, holy cow. So it comes in like an army green. It's the 30th anniversary. And that is paired with the um, Keltec PMR 30. So that's kind of a nice little handgun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one for 20, three for 50. Those are only available now. They and will that not will stop somebody com- from coming into your house. Yes. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those that you can use it as self-defense or you can just kind of use it out and take it out and use it for target practice. So... Either or. Well, that 308 will kill a deer. The 308, yes. I thought we were talking about the, the little Keltec, but mm. yeah, your 308 for sure. Um, and then that leads us into the banquet. We have limited numbers of tickets for the raffles, so your chances of winning are fairly good. Um, as far as the banquet goes, my gosh, we don't have time to list all of the. No, we kind of went down different. No, that's fine. We really don't have the time to list all of the things that we're going to have there. Prime Rib is going to be catering dinner, so you'll have a nice dinner. Um, Tickets are $60 a piece or $150 for a couple. If you buy the couple's package, you do get $100 in free raffle play for the banquet. And then we also have sponsorship tables available. Those range from $750 to uh, $2,500, I believe. So it's kind of like a Ducks Unlimited banquet thing? A little bit better, but I don't want to plug the Ducks. Well, yeah, but but it's it's the same. Most most people around here know the Ducks Unlimited. So it's it's base. It's kind of set up the same. Yeah, right? you'll be set up similar. Um, yeah. We have a lot of live auction that will be all sorts of stuff. The gun of the year is a uh, Springfield nine millimeter. It's got walnut grips and gold inlay. It's a beautiful handgun. Mm-hmm. So that's the gun of the year. It'll be on the auction block. And then we just actually went down to Sportsman's Warehouse and we bought. Oh my gosh, we bought a 9mm, we bought a 1911, we bought another 5.56 in a beautiful bronze color for a giveaway. Um, those will be on the raffle tables. And then we bought three 38 specials. That 911 will be a good gun. 911 is a beautiful gun. It's fun. white. It's Or I'm sorry, the 911 is actually like a patina. Mm. Um, it looks like... Because um, like a 911 versus like the Desert Eagle, yeah. they're, they're kind of like the same funness. Yep, and this is um, it's. I wish I could post a picture. It's like blue. It well, you can post a picture. You gotta say it's my stapler. Nice, my stapler, my hole punch. Yep, my hole punch. Um, it almost reminds me of the color of when oil hits water, so okay. it's that kind of rainbowy. Like it's yep. beautiful. Like an acid wash. Yeah, exactly. And then our um, let me see. Our uh, nine is white. It's really really pretty. And then that 5.56 is a beautiful powder-coated bronze. We have three 38 specials. One is pink, one is purple, and one is called the Old Glory. Oh, wasn't that 38 special? Wasn't that a Clint Eastwood gun? Oh, gosh, don't ask me that. I don't know. I think it was. They're just little guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we have those. And then, I mean, gosh, we have so much stuff. We have a boudoir session up for auction. Um, we have roses and jewelry Ooh. and, oh my gosh, 
There's so much. Heck yeah, it's, and that's April 29th? April 29th, doors open at 5 and p.m. And where can they find more information about it? They can call me at 660-7808. You can get tickets online. I'm not held responsible for all the creepers that call you. And want, okay. Want light. Can we can we do a giveaway for the best creeper? We can. Nice. We can. Okay, that's on you. Sponsored by We'll Drink to That Podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll do like <laughs> a, a bottle of Southern Comfort for you creepy <laughs> sons of bitches. You creepy sons of bitches. That's awesome. Um, yeah, but we have tickets. You can call me directly. You can text me directly. Um, anybody who gives the best Chewbacca impression may get an added bonus, but that just makes my life better. Um, or you can go online, but I do have to advise if you buy your tickets online, you don't get the options of the raffle ticket packages, okay. and your money doesn't stay local. So they so need to get a hold of you. They need to get a hold of me. Can they find you on Facebook? You can find me on Facebook. Um, message me on Facebook um, just through Tristan Acuna, A-C-U-N-A. Um, I don't accept friend requests from creepers. She does. Just <laughs> give her enough bourbon. <laughs> That's just you. <laughs> You're the only creeper I have. Well, well, I'll make sure to tag all that stuff yeah, absolutely. in our show notes. Absolutely. Um, it's a really good time. And, you know, any time that you can give back to the community, right. I think that's I think that's important. Well, I think I think you're on the right track, uh, like especially with all the stuff that you're involved in that Campbell County needs more of that. Yeah. And um, if we can hit sponsorship tables just super quick, um, depending on which sponsorship table you get, you get a firearm. Oh, I know. Right. Um, silver packages, you get one of three choices. Gold packages, you get two of three choices. Wow. So, and it's a tax write-off. Nice. I know. I wish I was making money on this because I'd buy one. Well, we can pretend. <laughs> IRS doesn't pretend. <laughs> they get 84,000 more than motherfuckers. Yeah, so we have some really cool guns for the um, sponsorship. One is a Taurus Judge. If you haven't seen that one. That would, t- that would take care of the 84,000. You, s- you can stack the rounds. Ooh. I know. It's so exciting. And then we have um, a twenty two rifle on there as well. And I can't remember the third one, but it's also good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody ever complains about winning a gun. No. Well, yeah. they do, but they don't. Well, they shouldn't. And then we have, um, let's see, what else? We'll have a, a um, game. I guess we can call it a game where your entire, entire table has the opportunity to win a gun. So everybody at the table, eight oh. of you. I know. Oh, sounds like it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a great time, and everybody should come. Well, they're going to come. I hope so. Real hard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I shouldn't laugh at that. This <laughs> is a professional No, there's no, nothing, pro- nothing professional <laughs> about this. It's just me on bourbon. Yeah. So, anyway, again, 660-7808. Grab your tickets to the Are you 27th annual. Ooh. Are you doing any, like, radio sponsors? I will be on the radio tomorrow morning. Which station? Um, K-A-M-L, the AM station, and okay. then um, I was going to bounce over. Hmm? Is that with Vic Wright? It is. Okay. It's with Vic. I've actually known Vic since he started. I worked should, at the radio uh, station. Well, we'll talk about this after. Uh, I'll get this out today, so that way you can we tell people to listen to that tomorrow. Yeah, um, I will plug you for sure. Heck yeah. Yeah. Teamwork. Well, don't plug me yet, because <laughs> we're, me and Mike are going to go back through. <laughs> So me and Mike have been having this conversation. This is some behind or blind or what is it? Baseball, uh, blind baseball, whatever the fuck. Blind is. what? Blind there's baseball. A saying like it's like a behind. Uh, anyways, I'm trying to follow it. you. Well, so me and Mike have been talking, and like I was like, we need to go through our back catalog and get rid of some shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I agree, because we're we're 
we haven't we haven't put anything out for a couple of weeks. Well, since about Ratchet Jesus, and I kind of been doing a lot of thinking about it. This is the first time I drink in four weeks, three weeks. Anyways, so I've been doing a lot of sober thinking about this, and I'm like, you know, my mouth kind of goes pretty hard sometimes. I say some things I probably shouldn't say. So we're going to go back through and take care of some stuff so that way we're more uh, peaceable to more guests. That's fair. We're, we're going to make this more of a guest-oriented podcast with people around from Gillette, Casper, Dedlo- Douglas, Cheyenne. I want to get some more of the uh, elected officials on and just listen to some of our previous podcasts. That's going to be really kind of a damper if they're associated with that. Mm-hmm. So take it away. I Okay. Okay. You can say, uh, I was on We'll Drink to That podcast about Tristan NRA and just leave it at that and don't, let, don't say go listen to them yet. Okay. Unless I, oh, I'll text you if I get it done tonight. Okay. Listen to them in three plus weeks. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> listen to him like in about a month because that's how slow he goes. Okay, but do I have to talk like Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> no. It's a hundred proof, baby. Oh my gosh. I'm, that was hilarious. Sorry. Anyway, so we'll get back on track. Uh, everybody, go check her out. Tristan Acuna on Facebook. You got Instagram? I don't. What the fuck? I try to limit my social. Uh, that's fair. Separate. I'm gonna. Ha- I need to have you and uh, Kristen Rathai on. I want to see you two duke it out. Over what? I don't even know the lady. Why would I duke it out? Uh, because you guys are complete opposites on your beliefs. Mm. And like, I side with both of you on a lot of different. So things. you want to stir the pot. No, I think it'd be a really interesting podcast. Okay, I think it'd be a really conversation, like because she's like all about social media, working for her, and being on every platform and oversaturating every platform to get your name, and it like doesn't even care how many likes or whatever follows that she gets. She's just oversaturating it. Which <coughs> my comment was, you oversaturate social media like that, you're gonna get a lot of negative shit on your behalf. And then I, said, I asked her how you deal with that. Right. I mean, she's she's a very attractive woman and. She doesn't really flaunt it, but she flaunts it. Uh, but I mean, I love her to death. She's an awesome chick, you know. But and she has a lot of great things to say and a lot of great things about her. It's just there's a lot of ideology differences that hmm. I disagree with. All right. And we've tr- I've tried having her on, and then we get so sidebar on a different topic, and we never get back to the original <laughs> topic. And it's just like. God damn it, I'm going to have to have you on again. I okay. think she does it on purpose. But can if we do that, can our intro be Welcome to the Thunderdome? No, we'll find something more clever than that. All right. Deal. I'm in. Yeah. I love any time that you can um, bring a meeting of the minds. Well, that's a Maybe I'll learn something. We're, we're, I'm going to leave it there because when I start going again, we're going to be talking for another hour and I got to piss. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll finish it off with um, definitely come to the banquet. Yeah, it's a good time. Follow her on or messenger on Facebook for the tickets. I will post show notes. I uh, put in the show notes uh, all the ways to get a hold of her. Uh, she's involved in a lot of great things, and I think people need to really go do the research on it and get educated on it because these things are will can and will change society for the better. I mean, taking care of our youth is our number one priority. We need to stop passing the buck on to our kids and our future the future generations of our kids or grandkids great grandkids and we need to step up as leaders and be responsible for a lot of the things that are going on right and if anything today 
regardless of the organization has struck a nerve or made you interested in more information, definitely get a hold of me. Um, same number goes for Happy Girls, 660-7808. Oh, and Happy Girls on Facebook. That's Happy Girls don't do that on Facebook. They don't, they don't have an Instagram. Do you know, I, I can't answer that because I'm, I'm not sure. That's terrible, isn't it? I'm not even nope, sure. Not really. Um, but yeah, if anything that has, if anything today has resonated with you, call me because yeah. I am absolutely here to give more information. If you have questions, if you have children who may be interested in either program, I mean, we'll get you in contact with the 4-H office. If, if mm-hmm. anything today makes you go, hmm, I'd like more information, give me a call. We are looking for volunteers for both organizations. Um, Happy Girls is getting ready to throw the conference in August that we absolutely need all hands on deck for. We have the gala coming up. We have the, for the NRA, the Friends of NRA, we have the banquet coming up April 29th. We will follow that with a gun run August 19th, which we... Hashtag. Hashtag. Asterisk. Asterisk. UN run. There you go. Yes. And so we can meet again for that one because it kind of diff- it uh, plays to a different uh, demographic. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you back on so that way we can go down all these different rabbit holes yes. and not have to worry about things we say because you're associated with it. And I about love it. rabbit holes. Let's do it, and we can just introduce me as Tristan Acuna, who is affiliated with nothing. Tristan Acuna, the owner operator of Welcome Home Cleaning. Oh God, boycott! <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That's, that's I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She knows nothing. She's involved in nothing. My wife works for her, so don't boycott her, please. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't boycott us. I got a lot on the line. So, but as always, Kyle, thank you for having me. It has been a pleasure. I've had a lot of fun. I always do. So, excellent. Well, I'm glad you did, and I'll we'll do it again. Yes, soon. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been. We'll drink to that. <laughs>